Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tom Ray's Art Podcast. I'm Tom. On today's show, I meet a fascinating person who's right now living in Canada, but finding out during the discussion, born and raised in Russia, moved to Canada, was going to move to the U.S., started a whole business, fashion designing business. Uh, it's I, I don't even know where to begin. We, we're talking, and it's just a... Fa- we get about... We get through the process of what this person has done and been through before we even start talking about the artwork that I wanted to talk to her about in the first place. It's a fascinating conversation. Great person. Uh, I really had a fun time talking with with them, and just it was it was uh, it, it was it was fun to do. It's, I, I love talking to all these people, but just it's fascinating the things you learn talking to people and just what they've done, what they've been through, how it comes through in their artwork. Uh, she paints because it was a way to just get through anxiety. And what I said there was, even I said it kind of anxiously. It's, it's a great conversation. Really had fun talking to this person. Was glad that I got to meet them. So here's my interview with Julia Hacker starting right now. Where are you located right now? Where do you live? I'm in Toronto, uh-huh. Canada, and uh, well, I came here directly from uh, Belarus, uh, which is more known nowadays than before. Okay. Uh, I mean, everybody was uh, new Soviet Union and Russia, so I came in uh, 1990. Uh, in 1990? In 1990, yes. Okay. <clears throat> and, and just you just decided to come here, or was there a reason for you traveling uh, here? You know, for many years, I thought that uh, I did it for my kid because, like, it was like, okay, you you're doing something, you you're taking your kid for the better future. Yeah. And then, you know, recently doing a lots of uh, soul searching things, I realized that uh, no, I did it for myself. I just was very adventurous. Yeah. It, it was perestroika, like uh, so the Soviet Union was falling apart, as uh-huh. was known all my life. And this, I had this opportunity to go to another country, and I thought, what the heck? Like, why not? Right? Like, and like, I just left my very well established and good, good paid job. Okay. Mm-hmm. And but I thought like no, but I need adventure in my life. I need freedom. I need to experience, and uh, that's how I end up uh, in in Toronto. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's uh, and f- from that point, and ten years later, after uh, being in Toronto, I met my husband to be, and uh, married uh, man that third generation Canadian. Yeah. Right. But it's always when, when we bicker, he says like, oh, I wish I could say that I took you from Russia. And you <laughs> if you would be a little bit more thankful to everything I do. <laughs> Instead of you doing it all on your own and being self-sufficient. Right, right, right. <laughs> what was the opportunity that you had coming here to, or coming here? I, I'm, all of a sudden I'm talking like I'm in Toronto. Uh, what was the uh, yeah. opportunity you had uh, to go to Toronto or did you just, that's the place you chose? Like what was the motivation to go there? No, no, no. Oh my gosh. Actually, I was on the way to United States to uh, 
to a good friend of mine that uh, offered me a marriage. Oh. So, and me and my mother stopped here just to see her friends, like while we were on the way there. And I, I was quite open to, to this friend of mine with his him. And uh, I said to him that uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm not interested in a marriage, but he said, like, just come, stay a few months, and you'll see if it's uh, if, if it will work out between us. Mm-hmm. But then when we landed in Toronto and stayed here for a few months, not a few months, for a month we stayed here. Okay. All of a sudden, these uh, friends of ours, they said, like, there is opportunity of working visa and uh, I and they found me a lawyer and so on. And I thought I would rather do it on my own, not against through promises, through like uh, you know I would feel bad. He has his hopes. I I'm not sure. So it was much better and more <clears throat> open. Uh, like about okay, I'm getting visa. I'm staying here. And if it's a fate, we'll yeah. meet. Well, guy never spoke to me again. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently it wasn't fate. (laughs) It wasn't fate, yeah. Not even as a friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, man. Were you, did you, uh, did you start out doing artwork there? I know, so I've seen some of your bio and I know that there, it was, uh, you had mentioned that you were actually a fashion designer for a little while. Right. Well, I couldn't, uh, uh, and that's why I, I loved my job back in uh, Belarus. And uh, but what I was the job find... in Belarus? So I was a fashion designer. You were okay. I didn't know if you started yeah, out that and... way. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have masters in fashion design. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was a fashion designer, and I was. Uh, um, I was uh, working at our, like, uh, because at that time it was still Soviet Union. So mm-hmm. under the guidance of one, like, fashion center was, like, many factories that will produce uh, uh, garments. Okay. So uh, I was, like, Belarus at that point was about probably 15 million people. So, but all fashion was uh, design was developed in one place. Really? Okay. So, yeah. So it was like about uh, uh, 15, 20 people uh, working. Mm-hmm. And so we all, we all had like, I was working with uh, kids' clothes and women clothes. But somebody would be working on, uh, on men clothes. Somebody would be working on uh, um, outdoor attire. Like, uh, okay. So... Uh, we all had our own line of clothes to be responsible, but I would do everything from nightgown to wedding dress. Like, <laughs> so it was like wow, <laughs> right? And then, uh, and then uh, those factories that do because it, it was for everybody. Like the produce had to be sold in our stores and available for public. Okay. So uh, and. Uh, understanding of boutique store or designer label was not uh, done at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but be- besides this job, I had uh, 
I was running uh, a spread in a fashion magazine, like for teenagers, and oh. like uh, doing like uh, what's fashionable this year, how mm-hmm. how to take a piece of denim, how to rub it, how to uh, do uh, distress with it, and, yeah. and what what kind of. Uh, ideas you can do with this and also i was developing um um outfit not outfits but like uh, uh stage costumes for opera singers for pop singers so i i was like very busy i loved what i did mm-hmm. and so it's not a joke when i'm saying i left a very cool uh job like job of my dream like i and money where really good as well so when i left it it's not a joke of uh, i'm not embellishing it right yeah great yes it was very very satisfactory but um at the same time uh living uh with so much censorship with uh, the resort and also <clears throat> in terms of relationship between uh uh men and women mm-hmm. uh, like there is, there is so many little and not so little triggers it tells you go you have to experience the world you have to experience different understanding how how world uh, works you know yeah. it's not only about like just money let's say or right <clears throat> uh, so and uh when i came to canada and i said to myself okay it's like a clean slate nobody knows me here right i didn't have any friends mm-hmm. i just my parents uh, had friends but nobody knew me and i said like so i can be whatever i want to be like no childhood luggage right. nothing right and so and not i'm now i'm not julia but i'm julia and it's somebody that nobody knows and even i don't know myself yet so <laughs> Let's leave. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what right. so what did you choose to uh, when when you decided that? I mean, that's uh-huh. that's a, a I feel like that's an opportunity not a lot of us get. What was the uh the sort of I I'm trying to think of the word, but like what was the the path, I guess, that you chose? What was the what was the change oh. that you decided to take over? Okay, uh, you know, sometimes people do things because uh, it's courage, and sometimes because they're just stupid. Okay, <laughs> I don't. Know I like that quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so when I came over, I uh, I went to to study English at the, and take took English as a second language, okay. obviously, to immerse myself. And then my first job was I was uh, at the coat check at the Pantages Theater. Oh. At that time, they played Phantom of the Opera. Nice. And uh, but I knew that I need to immerse myself with English-speaking people. Like I somehow intuitively I knew I have to move away from Russian community because it's very uh, those communities and ethnic communities when you're as an immigrant arrived to country to another country yeah they hold you so strongly like you can't even imagine like how everybody has an advice for you everybody has an advice how to take advantage of the system how to like how how to re-benefits but 
they live in this like close-minded, like it just better material things around. Okay. All right, because in Russia, even you, if you had money, you couldn't really buy much. Like let's say I could never buy a car because it was not available. Like, mm-hmm. Not because I not because I couldn't collect money for it, but I just it was not available. But here, like so. And somehow I knew I have to move on. I have to move move out from this uh, enclosed like community. A community uh, that was still thinking as if they were in Russia is is kind of exactly. what you're saying. Okay. They they, they keep and uh, I look uh, so many years already, and uh, when I meet people like and they could be wonderful people, but I yeah. know people that would would really succeed. It's people who are trying to reasonably assimilate who are not uh because a lot of uh russian people like at least at that time or, or my generation and older they would be uh we're reading only russian book on the russian t- television mm-hmm. uh, uh they leave uh, to, and go to their own concerts because it's always like good concerts of right russian and uh for me I saw that, okay, I came to another country to find out what is it all about, right? So mm-hmm. I would just uh, take the subway, get out on uh, at the stop and go for hours on the main street, just wandering around, looking around, even when I didn't know one soul. Like, yeah. I still, I wanted to wander and absorb and see how people behave, how they're dressed, how... Uh, what's the interaction? What? How do I hear English differently than at school? So um, I think that being a dreamer like, kind of helped. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I didn't realize like uh, uh, so heavy things. Of course, was it what was most difficult is I couldn't find a niche because even when I. Uh, started working at the Pantages Theater because I was already older. Mm-hmm. I was like, my, I was 30 years old. And who is working uh, at the theater? Like uh, students. It's their part-time, yeah. right? Most of the people, right? And until, unless you're performing on the stage. Right. <laughs> but so uh, I couldn't find, I didn't want to be um, like with my... Um, ethnic community but didn't want but I could not find a way to uh, to observe myself to assimilate myself in, in English speaking and Canadian uh, community yeah and uh, I realized that I'm very lonely so while, while I was and my my kid at that point because I had six years old kid mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't with me because when I was living, I was living kind of on vacation. I didn't know that I'm going and going to stay. Like, so I was going for a few months. So um, I was very lonely and missing home and so on. So to distract myself, I started to just do drawings. I would put some uh, paper on the walls. I didn't have easel or whatever, like, mm-hmm. but I would put, and it was like very cool apartment, but uh, no table, just a little couch that I could open. Okay. And I would paint either on the floor or I would staple stuff directly to the wall. And, uh, and I would start painting and it kind of distracted me. And, uh, 
that was helping me with, with my sanity. And uh, then eventually, and at the same time, I was looking for jobs as a fashion designer. But yeah. I could not find anything because really? I was I was overqualified. Oh no, that's the I worst was, answer I, ever. I hate it was it. so terrible when you come to interview and they listen to you and they say like. No, but you're overqualified because uh, in six months you will just like uh, uh, you'll leave us. That's what they say. That like, is what gonna... I know. I don't understand that answer. They're like, we're afraid you'll be bored here, and it's like, um, just pay me. <laughs> don't worry, I can do something like after work hours, not to be bored. And also, but... who do you think you're hiring? People who are going to be doing this for the rest of their lives? They're never going to want to advance. They're never going to want to do something else. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yes, yes. I've I've heard right, that answer yeah. myself. I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what is it, right? It's yeah. so silly. If I came here, then I have an interest to to do something in this field in in your store or whatever. Like those immigrants, they don't have so much money to to take it, and like they have to support families that they brought. So that system is really uh, not not a smart one. Not right. Uh, I'm, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm a big. I know. I know. We we obviously have have a problem with that part. But yes, so you so you started looking for fashion jobs. Yes, back to that. Right. So yeah, uh, wasn't successful. Then uh, quite fast found the job as a uh, as a co check and usher Mm -hmm. in uh, in the theaters, and they transferred me to. Uh, to boutique, uh, uh, to the boutique store, oh. to do sales. So, uh, and while I was doing that, I realized that I really want to paint. And um, ah, and I also went to, like I applied to the Ministry of Education. I wanted to see if I can go and take some courses or some schooling. Oh, okay. And, but when I submitted all my documents and all my credentials from university, from my previous university, right? Mm-hmm. They said, they said, you have equivalent of master's in fashion design here. Oh. Like we don't, yeah. So they, they, they said, like, I don't know where, where you're going to go. Like, uh, Wait, now when they, a, when they say you have an equivalent of it, does that mean that they can transfer it over and you can like technically go, I have a master's in fashion design? Yes, okay. Exactly. All right. I didn't, yes, I didn't know exactly. if they were saying like, that's what yeah. this is, but we can't call it that because you didn't get it here. I, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. No, because they do, uh, you supply, uh, uh, you ask for transcript from your university, okay. then you do translation of it. And then they check and let's say you have so many hours in, uh, anatomy or so many hours in color theory okay. uh, or still life or whatever painting or drawing so when they see an amount of hours and the qualification of university where you came from that's how they do equivalent uh, uh okay whatever whatever your level is okay. so yeah I, ha- I have this paper where it says like your credential is equivalent of Canadian master design in fashion. Okay. So Ma- you masters in fashion design. So then what so, did that mean? Were you not able to, were you still able to take courses? Did you continue? Like what happens after they tell you this? You know? <laughs> Zip tech. It means nothing in real life. <laughs> okay. You can put it under the frame. And like this. Here's a piece of artwork for you to hang up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. It's just for me. Uh, I, uh, you know, I use it once in my life only when again when we were courting with my husband and uh, yeah. he's like uh, 
because he's he's a scholar he's very very smart guy and so on okay and like and one day like uh, and he's like oh i did uh, i'm going to do masters in business he was planning to do masters in business and i said masters I already have masters. What do you mean? <laughs> so I had to pull out the paper, and he was like, "I think that's the moment when he decided to marry me." <laughs> <laughs> it was a breaking point. That's funny. Oh. So uh, anyway, it did nothing really. As I said, it did not help. But yeah, uh, my longing to be uh, immersed in in some schooling brought me to I started to take courses here at the Art Gallery of Ontario they have very very good quality courses for adults yeah and in different media you can do drawing you can take sculpture painting whatever you want mm -hmm. so while I was doing that uh, it kind of felt like okay this is one place where I feel belonging right when yeah. I speak the same language when uh, people of different level, but we're all like obsessed with what we're doing there. We all have an uh, idea. And um, so uh, that uh, kind of gave me uh, relief because uh, relief in terms of understanding, finding my niche. Mm -hmm. That was first, it, it happened in a year after I came here and it was first, uh, glimpse that I can fit in, you know, because that year was quite difficult of not uh, belonging anywhere. Uh, and talking about belonging, it, it was also very interesting uh, to talk about, uh, to, to realize that, let's say, when I was uh, back in Belarus, in the former Soviet Union, mm -hmm. uh, I was always considered as a Jewish person because my father is Jewish, right? Okay. And it's even in my passport says that I'm Jewish and so on. So, uh, and uh, the result, it was very like anti-Semitic little things that you could feel a lot. So you come in, to, I came to Canada and I'm like, okay, I'm proudly Jewish. Let me feel how does it mean. Also, we never had any religious services it was not even allowed like right okay so um all of a sudden uh i go to to some shul like talk, talking to people and they tell me but you're not jewish your mother is not jewish so by jewish religion apparently if your mother is not jewish you're not jewish so if your mother I, isn't yes because jewish Judaism go by mother, okay, not by any parent, only by mother. Huh. Okay. Because, uh, well, historically, Jewish women were raped and like uh, whatever. So they, they, that's how they. It was not known who is the father of 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 kids. So that's how they established this tradition. Okay. Uh, but you understand also. Like all thirty years of your life, you feel and uh, you know that you're Jewish, even when you are not doing any like uh, religious things. But mm -hmm. you know you're Jewish. You come in to another country and you've been told you're not, and you don't know anything else. And I remember one of the worst feelings of 
loneliness, it's when it will be uh, Hanukkah and Christmas, usually very close in December, the both in December. Mm -hmm. So you go like, and let's see, on uh, Hanukkah, you see rows of cars and people celebrate it. You see like through the windows, people celebrate and family gathering. And you feel like you're alone. You, you don't have anybody because Jewish community didn't take me. Yeah. And uh, then in a week or so, Christmas comes and... Again, everybody celebrating, singing songs, yeah. and I never knew those uh, celebrations. So again, you're alone, and this is like sense of not belonging to anything. It's like really, it was very, very disturbing in terms of your identity. Who, who are you? Who like? So what are you? Who are you? You know, it was mm -hmm. very uh, that that part was very challenging. I would say through immigration. But you were able to find this sense of community with the with the like the art group that you discovered the like art uh, for adults or. Uh, you know what? Not not fully, but I've got uh, friends with uh, with instructor. And, uh -huh. uh, so so I started to communicate, but it was not like a, a personal friends like relationships that I would go to her place. She would go to my place. Okay, yeah. But it was still like at least I. I could go like once a week and be with people there, but it was still quite, quite uh, difficult. Uh, by that time, my mother managed to bring my kid here, so oh, okay. he, he was six years old and he went to school. So I've got I've got involved with uh, between work and being single mother. Yeah, and there I went again to Jewish community and I said like guys that's all i know like help me out here and so um they helped me to place him in uh in uh in, in a jewish school mm -hmm. so but what's happened in a jewish school they spoke french hebrew and english poor kid six years old spoke only russian right he was i was gonna ask that i'm like did he speak yeah. any other language yeah no no, and okay. he was lost, and he was like, a, and he was chased, and he couldn't like. So it was so freaking like ter terrible. Like, those <laughs> couple of years, yeah. To say it soft, right? And then uh, I remember one day uh, I came to the school, and like I'm saying to teacher, uh, how can I help him? Like at home, maybe I should take some course for him. Like no, like whatever. Yeah. And she says to me, "You don't speak Hebrew yourself. Like how are you gonna help? Like." And apparently, I was giving him sandwiches, and what's the best sandwich? Meat and cheese, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Good sandwich. Not a bad sandwich. And they, <laughs> uh, and they will take the sandwich and throw it away. Oh, no. For six, for six months, I couldn't hear would come and cry and say, like, they took away his food, and teachers threw it in the garbage. And, like... Wait, I the was teacher was doing this? Yes, teacher, teacher. I thought you were saying like some dumb kids were doing it. Apparently, like a few months later, I found, when I went, and, uh, because I didn't believe him. And when I talked to her, and she said, but your uh, sandwiches are not kosher. Oh, and okay. I got you. And, uh, what kind of Jewish person I was, I didn't even know what's kosher. Right. Okay. So because we were not really, like, it was a mess. It was a mess. So... But 
what was a kind of sanity that I was painting a little bit by little bit, I was painting. Yeah. And uh, then uh, for a while I was bringing, I left the Pantages City and I started a business. I was bringing students from Russia to study in, to study English in the university. Oh, yeah. like the, so I was do, dealing with this. Like I was a mama for like all of a sudden 15 kids, like, Ages you were, between you were filling, yeah, you were filling the gap that was there when you first came over because these people exactly. would come over and you were, oh yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, that, that was really good, uh, good. Like, I mean, uh, uh, be, being with people that want, want communication and like, and studying, and, like that was a good part. That was a, quite a good business until, uh, uh, Russians discover ways to send their kids to much closer places like mm. England and Switzerland and so on. So, but for a for few years there, I was like uh, feeding my family from this. Okay. Um, and uh, then I decided to open uh, a little uh, store that I would be making clothes, making my own designer line. Okay. I, by this time, I found like uh, people that could uh, do patterns uh, and so on. And um, I also thought I would bring uh, some clothes from Italy, like because I was in my soul, I was a fashion designer, so yeah. I was doing everything related to this. And what's uh, I remember how I went to Italy, uh, like. This vocabulary, this dictionary, I've learned like how to count till 10 because I needed to bargain, right? Like, right. Like, my point is to bargain. <laughs> and then I think, how would I find anybody where they sell clothes, where they sell wholesale? So I went, I saw a modeling agency. Mm -hmm. And so I went to modeling agency and I said to myself, this is people who know where to get clothes. Right, like modeling, fashion design. So, and that's how they gave me a few connections, few. And uh, for a while, I was bringing uh, clothes from Italy, and like uh, that was wow. The whole new game of fun, and uh, and uh, it was my broken, broken Italian. They called me like that. I'm a surgeon because I was barking so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that was fun. Um, and by that time, I already, I, I met my husband-to-be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, between the store, uh, running my own little collection, but what was very disappointing with uh, my own label, again, because my store was in Russian area, mm -hmm. what, what they would do, they would, they love what we made, like uh, the sewing process, design, everything. But at the end, they would bring me a dress, all dress where it would say like Versace or some designer, right? And they would say, put this label on the back. Don't put your label. Oh. Because this is um, a status. Because everybody, if she goes to the restaurant, this woman, and says, oh, I bought Versace when I was in Paris. Everybody mm. knows that she bought a dress for a few thousand dollars, not for, let's say, a few hundred dollars. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's, uh, uh, this is so Russian. And this is, but for me, being 
inside the industry, like it's so overrated, all these like labels and brands and so on. Like I'm not mm -hmm. minimizing achievement, but in in financial status way, is this is right. just really really overrated. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yes. So and finally, uh, my husband said, like, uh, how about we'll like figure out something and uh, he made me he proposed to me and he said like how about we will uh, uh, like get rid of the store because it takes day and night from you and you will be doing what you love to do and uh, we I was with my son and we thought about making another baby so I left everything and got pregnant and started to paint and that's where I started to paint seriously. Like, yeah, like, me, uh, every every day that I could have, I would paint, right? Yeah. And um, of course, it took it took a couple years again before I w I said to myself, okay, maybe I will start showing because uh, in spite of being introduced during the schooling. Uh, to uh, to fine art, you still like because in your head you were always fashion designer. You were not an artist, yeah. and this imposter syndrome is really, really. I remember doing a resume and my friends telling me, "No, no, don't put that your fashion that you have masters in fashion design. Don't put nobody like because artists they cannot be fashion designer. It's like." So materialistic, which is funny because I disagree. I think it. I think if any, when I found out that you actually did do that previously, and I looked back at your work, I was like, "Oh, that explains like the motion in the things that you do." Or I would like to say you have a very, uh, I, what I would say, steady hand. Like you have somewhere you've drawn, uh, or not drawn, you painted letters, and the letters are so perfect and just so it looks like you did it flawlessly. And it's one of those things where like. When I draw, I'm like, why does it look like I just had 10 cups of coffee and I can't draw a straight line, you know? <laughs> it's, and yours, yours is just so it's flowing and it's just, it just looks like you're taking your time, but at the same time, it's very thoughtful in the way that you're doing it. And it's, it's, it, you know, and I think that is part of the fashion design. It's the swooping motion. It's the shapes. It's the form. And I think and that's perfect. Of our, exactly. Of our previous uh, training, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like no matter what background people come into the art, I always find it very interesting to see how they bring the experience. Even I have, uh, sometimes I uh, mentor adults, like I have no patience for kids, like I just feel <laughs> them like I'm like, I'm not babysitting, I'm not saying this is good to make Valid. it feel good. I get you, yep. Right? So, uh, but I do work with uh, people who are like lawyers or doctors uh, because they don't want to go and start studying and be in a group. They value their time. They want like to have a very like goal oriented. Yeah. So I found that even when, let's say, uh, I was working with a surgeon and he, the details, the Mm -hmm. little things I cannot do this like and time he takes and he's so patient and he, there is no irritation for me I'm like ah like if I have to do the small like little things I'm like okay where where is anything that calms me down like whatever like, right no coffee for, for three days yeah. like, 
So it's really uh, very interesting. And like today, it's also to open my mind and understand that uh, uh, background only can influence you, but it doesn't make you better or worse in in uh, in, in uh, art. Yeah. Let's say, you know, it's it's totally. Uh, it it can help you. It can speed up things. But sometimes, I found like uh, when uh, when again when I was dating with my husband, uh, because it was night classes in in the winter. So I thought like, okay, I'm gonna give him present for birthday. That was a few months ago, but I needed that timing, mm-hmm. and we'll go to a sculpture class together. Oh. So. Because at night we're coming back together. I'm not like so uncomfortable like to go late nights. And this guy never he's in financial industry, never like painted or sculpted, whatever. In he's so inhibited from restrictions, from things how to do it properly, that he did a sculpture with we were doing like nude torso. He did a sculpture that I still proudly display in our house. Yeah. When, when what I created, I accidentally broke it. Accidentally. It was it was impossible to put those two things together. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. It, and that, that was an eye-opener for me because... His was so raw, so like, so you see movement, you see, and I was like trying to, okay, uh, I know anatomy is supposed to be this way, that way, but I never did a sculpture, so I'm a little bit rusty with my hands and like how to do it. He yeah. didn't care. Like, for, so that's that was an interesting thing. I know exactly what you mean. It is one of those things like, uh, especially looking back at some of the artwork that I did when I was a kid. Like, I know that I had no idea what I was doing, but looking at it, I'm like going, God, I I wouldn't be able to recreate that if I tried. But sometimes, like, looking back on it later on, it uh-huh. seems really cool and abstract when really what it was is me knowing my own abilities, looking at it going, I just didn't know what I was doing. But seeing other people do that, it's just like, that's fascinating. And the person's trying, and they probably look at it the same way. So that's... Yeah. Well, then here's here's another question. Then, how would you describe your art? How would you describe the uh, what you create? You see, uh, that's actually very interesting. I'm at a very interesting stage in my life. Like, yeah. Uh, I had my. I had. I have three kids. So my youngest daughter is 18 years old. So I had her very late. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I had, so I had two boys and my husband in the house three guys and whenever I would try to put something uh, I don't know like flowers or floating like drapery they would always say do you know who lives here (laughs) which guys live here and I would be always like yes what what I am with my flowers and kind of very given into this right like okay and then I was like probably 40 or maybe 45. I wake up on my birthday and I said, like, pardon my French, I'm like, effort. Yeah. I want my flowers and I'll have my flowers. <laughs> I don't know who else <laughs> So, you know what? 
agent gave me freedom actually okay and that's and slowly slowly i started to move from uh even even uh, uh i did landscapes let's say for longest time but i started to move it less timidly and i started to go like uh, uh just about three years ago at some point i left easel and like precise uh, uh, precise canvas right when you know mm-hmm. the composition ahead of the time you understand it and i took just huge canvas stapled it to the yeah. wall and i just went at it and i didn't know what will be composition i just know i will cut the canvas the way i want at the end so mm-hmm. this non restriction not knowing uh, not saying to yourself ahead of the time boundaries or composition because when you have a freedom and you can go you can start with one place it will bring you to certain composition just trusting yeah. 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 Well, I see you know, that, that's what I was going to say. I, I, you just raised the question to uh, to me. It's, now you created this big canvas, and I'm wondering, like, yeah. a lot of the time, mapping out work, and, and you're saying you did it freely. Like, are you saying you just put it up and you just start going? Do you have an image in your head? Do you have a sketch you're working from, or nothing? You just go with it. I, ne- I never sketch one artwork in my life. Okay. I I. I I, I tried, but then I get so bored to repeat it on the scene that I will end up doing anything else, something else anyway. Okay. Like I would not. I and maybe, and even now when you know how really at good school you have to copy. They say at least that you have to copy art uh, like masters. Yeah. And sense of composition, sense of color. I would start doing this. But somewhere, like one third of the way, I get like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, like you get no, bored. No, no. You're like, "Why? Why I am I doing so this?" Yeah. Bored and like, <laughs> I, so I would, I would just, I, I might leave up to that point, but then I develop my own thing, and um, I, I just, uh, I've been very lucky that I always allowed my intuition to go with this. It doesn't mean that I would not sit and try to do detail work mm-hmm. it doesn't mean at all i and i would take hours and i would get inspired with some somebody like uh, with a painting color scheme but so i see inspiration all around me i'm not dismissing it i'm not saying that I, like right. i have discovered but when i paint uh no matter what i paint even if it's like just uh uh something based on nature or something like more abstract abstract i do not have idea of what i will end up okay even color i might feel okay i i, I feel like blue i feel like something blue right yeah but it, it might end up being more like uh totally not the blues that i imagined at the beginning right yeah. and uh uh now also my friends like say like ah uh they said something like, yes, you, lately you do your pink work. And I'm like, pink work? I didn't even notice it. I'm doing pink work, right? Because I'm doing like, I'm doing like everything yep. else. But so apparently, subconsciously, I go through stages of attraction with some conversation with some colors that I have to live through. Yeah. And 
Uh, I always uh, um, bring this uh, anecdote about like some years ago uh, when I just started to show my work and I approach uh, a gallerist uh, showing uh, my portfolio as it consisted from different kind of work because if you've been through my website you see that it's mm -hmm. uh, uh, from figurative to abstract. Yeah. And he said to me, well, this is not right. This is art artistic schizophrenia, what I'm doing, because I'm all over the place. I'm, well, at that point, I was, I was thinking, huh, what does it mean? But, you know, what, what, first of all, I, I have to admit about myself that failures really hurt, but I, every time I kind of, what can I do to prove to myself that I, I, I can do, I can achieve something. Mm -hmm. And now I started to understand why sometimes it's a failure because of just person doesn't click with you or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the point is that because I was painting so much and almost every day, I started to develop just different collections. And so mm -hmm. eventually by the creating of the website, I was able to say, okay, I have 20 works in this direction, and then I have 20 works. You were in able to organize them. I was able just to organize, but on a, on a monthly thing, I can go, I can do like two artworks in uh, totally one direction, and then next month it could be totally different direction. Or, uh, how, or I can do a collage. How many how many pieces of artwork do you create on average? It's, it sounds like you're saying you create at least once or twice a month, maybe even more. I'm a rabbit. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I do yeah. see that there's, there is a lot. I mean, you do have a lot of work and I didn't know over how much of a period of time this is. Plus right. it looks like, oh, here's a question I wanted to ask you too. So there's a, and it's because you work in the larger scale. I, I'm almost just as jealous of some of the placements of like you have pictures of your stuff in a setting where it's like on this big, beautiful wall around like all this modern furniture and stuff. Now, are you actually getting those photos there or is this some sort of like a uh, no, photo? This is an app. This is an app. You pay for this. App. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, or is it yeah, an app? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I, 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 no, no, no. Like, uh, I, it, it, the problem is not the problem that I don't have those spaces to put it on. Right. The problem to carry it, to bring it on. Yes. Because it doesn't fit in the car. I actually, when I, uh, when I sell artwork somewhere locally, uh, I always, uh, because I stretch canvas myself, so I bring it in a roll and then I set up uh, framing and I do it right oh. in the person's place. So, uh, huh. okay. huge work I, because I've learned how to do it. And for me, it's a part of... Uh, no, that makes total experience. sense. Yeah, like it, it, you set it up there. That's, oh my God, right. that's so much easier to travel because if you're built... Okay, yeah. I never yeah, I yeah. never and thought of that. It's one of those things where it's like, duh, it's, it makes so much sense. <laughs> even even if, let's say, after COVID, like we will be finally exhibiting again. And let's say I go to another city, like somewhere in States or like yeah. New York, whatever. At this point, I will be like sending all my painting in rolls. Mm -hmm. I will be ordering, by the time I come, I will be ordering on some local uh, or even Michael's or whatever, like some more local art supply store. I would be ordering proper size of uh, uh, planks. Yeah. And uh, then I will just 
go to my booth, put it all on the floor and spend like some hours putting, stretching and doing it. And that's, that's the way because it's way too, it's obnoxiously expensive. Right. Just like exactly. To send, to send artwork of that way. Uh, like, uh, yeah, like uh, what you're going to charge, like, uh, like, even if, uh, even if I sell to, uh, to another country or whatever, I always explain to people that it's cheaper for them to take it to the local framer mm-hmm. than pay for the shipment. That makes a lot of sense. It's, I can't believe that that never occurred to me. It's so I don't have that problem because I don't make large pieces of art or paint. So, but right, it's right. it's it's a good thing to have in the back of my head in case somebody is uh, just saying like, oh, I only sell locally because I can't ship it, and it's like, oh, you could have it. Pe-. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Also, you said that you uh, put the stuff in galleries, and you actually had sent the like. How did you? promote yourself to galleries or approach people for uh, putting your artwork up or even getting commissions? Like, how do you promote yourself for things like this? Okay. Uh, well, lo- locally, uh, I exhibit in uh, uh, in the largest art fair in Toronto. Like, it's Canadian, uh, the biggest Canadian art fair. And uh, it's called the Artist Project. It runs every year in February. And uh, so we, there we just come and hang out stuff, uh, like walls provided, lights provided. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's very costly. But because I don't do small uh, exhibitions, because of the size of my work, it's difficult for me to participate in outdoor exhibition. Okay. Right, because uh, I, I tried, but then when wind is going and like my it's my going to flop over, flopping, <laughs> and everybody else and like the whole community of artists, like then it's the effect. Like I had this, and everybody hated me. Suddenly, so yours is like an obstacle course, and people are trying to get out of the way. Right, right. Everybody's screaming, <laughs> running. So I was like, okay, I'm living the art fair earlier. Okay. So it's my outdoor experience. Yeah. So, but there. And uh, so I promote, I put my artwork there. So as I said, it's expensive, but considering that I don't participate in the small, which is adds up when you're showing in the small things every time it adds up. Uh, So you pay to have it in those galleries is what you're saying? So, no, in this big exhibition I pay. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. In big exhibition, that's where I pay. And that's where, like, because it always have galleries, curators, but they see you and then they invite you if they like your work, they invite you and that's there you don't pay for exhibiting in a gallery. Okay. Then uh, it's commission, uh, I mean, you split uh, uh, sale, uh, sales, you just split like usually it's 40, 60 or 50, 50. Okay. Like, uh, uh, but I find out that I have more I would say success with online galleries. Yeah. You're in a virtual online one right now, the rave or. Yes. Right. Right. But it's a mind boggling because when some years ago I put my work on Sachi, Uh I thought like, how would one like ever buy an artwork that you never saw? Like you don't see textures. Like it's for me, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, 
No, that, that's a real thing. I've had many discussions with people where that's the same thing. They're like, you can't, you can't understand it. You know, I can't sell it online because you don't know what you're looking at. But, okay. but that, that's, that's making the assumption for the person who's interested in buying it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'll tell you, like, uh, I've been selling from smaller work, relatively smaller, because I don't have small, small. But <laughs> let's say from, yeah, I don't know. Like Your small work is like most most people's large work. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, but that's actually uh, an obstacle for me to participate in many art shows, because there is always a limit, like, right? They want, like, let's say, 30 things by 30 things, the biggest, mm-hmm. the largest piece, because they want to take money from so many artists and put so many artists like they need to fill up wall with 15 artists yeah right and julia comes and takes part of five not not making sense for them so but um what what i realized that first of all people have an option when you do it with reputable uh online gallery people always have an option when they receive artwork they look at it and they uh, always have like seven days or whatever to say, no, it doesn't work for us or it does. So until it's always this waiting period, but people do have a chance to say yes or no to your artwork. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that, and that's a solution, really. Uh, on top of it, with years, especially now, like all online galleries are asking for additional shots, so you can do a very, very up-close shot. Oh, definitely, and yeah. Many, many of them have started to ask about video, like, right, so you go with a video very close to, to the surface, or even if a potential collector says, like, I'm not sure about that side, like, right, left corner, like, can you mm-hmm. print, show me? So you, you do this, so it's actually... Really, I, I love it. I for me, it's yeah. the best uh, because first of all, I don't have to slap anything anywhere. The only thing I roll my stuff. I have a special tubes. Yeah. I just love the way you said it. I don't have to slip anything anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like I don't have to set up any displays or whatever. Right, and uh, uh, I've been. Uh, and you can present it exactly the way you want, you know, exactly. with those with those uh, people saying we want a close up of this or of that or a video of it. It's like, yeah, and that in itself becomes kind of putting your work in a gallery where you go, okay, the lighting has to be just this way so people yes. see it that way. But if they're standing over here, they don't see it that way. And if they're here, it's like, nope, here's the position where you can look at it and you can move this way or you can watch a video of it going closer. You can do anything. And yeah, it's... Exactly. If anything, yeah. it's way more of a perfect art showing <laughs> than any other for, setting. For me, for sure. On top of it, uh, sometimes uh, when people come like to the gallery, right? Yeah. Uh, they could be affected. Okay, they came and they, at the door, they saw artwork that was like, let's say, so mellow and so relaxed and so like in the soft colors. Yeah. And it made them feel good. Then they come across my wild, like, colorful thing and it looks almost tacky for them because (laughs) they haven't been able to cleanse their palate yet (laughs) right yeah exactly yeah exactly so uh you you influenced by other uh, external factors Hmm. when you show in a gallery right or somebody stands in front of your work they, they people didn't see they passed by like anyway like uh uh of course uh 
I'm, I'm totally fine to work with galleries. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying yes, you're going heck with galleries. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. But uh, uh, on top of it, I found better success with collectors overseas and in the United States and in Canada. Yeah. That's very interesting for me. Yeah. Like, I'm still, like, wondering, like, why the heck it is. Like, I have artwork in... Uh, Belgium, in uh, France, and like, wow. like, just name it, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't even tell you how many cities and states, but Canadian, I, I have very little work sold to local uh, Canadian uh, collectors. That's very a, little. And that's fantastic. That's <laughs> I mean, nothing yeah, wrong with that whatsoever. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the idea. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, still, I have to admit that in a way, I'm lucky uh, in terms of um, that I was able to kind of do what what I like to do. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and not because when you're really on a contract with gallery, it's also another thing because they want to, let's say, your nature series. They don't want an abstract because it's totally different niche of the clientele. So when they cater you, because they're business models, they have to survive. Yeah. When they cater your work to a certain clientele, and then you say, like, I'm bored, I want to paint like this now. They, like, so it, uh, I've been very lucky this way that I've been able to, to do my, my work. And uh, I'm very humble about it. Like, it's uh, seriously. Yeah. And, uh, but another thing, like I have an explanation why I am so uh, fruitile. Okay. <laughs> because um, uh, painting really uh, gives me a subtle, different mental state, and uh, I'm prone to anxieties. I like I, I'm actually on medication from anxieties, and okay. like I've been through different stuff, uh, and. Painting really calms me down. Painting really takes, it cleanses me. It's, it's, a, it's a very healing process for me. So if I don't paint on some days, uh, it means I will be, it, it will come out in some other way. Right. So that's why I think that my close ones uh, realize, let her paint. Let her, let her be with her paint and brushes. And I always come and like, I'm always in paint because then I'm itching and wiping my nose with brush. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm very messy this way. But I'm like, now I'm you know, yours. Now I can feed you. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> totally understandable. I get that. oh man and so if people wanted to check out your work again going with the online thing now that we've done this where would you say that they should go okay so at this point uh uh sachi art s-a-a-t-c-h-i okay sachi art okay It's, it's, it's actually the biggest online gallery okay gotcha uh then singular art they're based in france and uh, U Gallery, okay. I think they're in Los, uh, Los Angeles, something on California side. Uh, well, Rave, Redwood uh, Art Group, like even after Rave is finished, like they still have their online store. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I saw, yep. 
Yes, yes. And uh, of course, my website, my own website. I'm also on little lesser ones, but uh, just that's too much to. <laughs> I think the easiest is to Google. You Google my name, and they all like it, all those galleries will come up. I can I can uh, attest to that. Yes, it is. I, I, I <laughs> when I was doing my research, you were very. It was very easy to find stuff about you, <laughs> which thank is a great you. thing. So, but I want to thank yeah. you so much for talking with me. I'm so happy that I got to well, meet you. Such a pleasure. Me too. 